0: You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 43. This week, we're revisiting the best songs of 1981. Let's go back to a time where John Winger quit his job and joined the army. Snake is sent to rescue the president and Mel reminds us, it's good to be the king. Watch Indiana win a sword fight with a pistol. And don't forget, after we watch Luke, Mary, Laura, let's watch that new music video station, MTV, until we pass out with your hosts, Rob Heitman, and the man who was originally cast as the greatest American hero before that weasel William Cat came aboard, Ralph McKinley. Hey, that weasel. That weasel William (laughs) Cat. He is a weasel. (laughs) Oh, man. Welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we'll discuss the best 12 songs from 1981 while enjoying a beer or two. I'm Rob... And I'm Ralph. Right, and Ralph uh, just did 86, so this is his second round in the 80s. You're the only other person besides Jake who's been on a bunch of these, who's doing two in the 80s. So um, Nice, I feel honored. Thank you, you, Rob. You should. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active and joining in on our conversations on our Facebook page. With a special shout out to Michael Smith, Alex Hennon, Troy Smith, and Tina Wells. Thank you for being active, and it's pretty cool, we're doing a lot of voting on our site for what... Bands we're going to be doing next year, and it's going great. A lot of fun. Looking back to 1981, Reagan and the Pope were both shot. Mm. MTV popped into existence. Is that the first year of MTV? Yep. Okay. Not even the first year. The first couple months. Yeah. It happened in August. Okay. Movies included Strikes, Porky's, Heavy Metal, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Escape from New York. TV shows premiering that year, The Smurfs, Greatest American Hero, Dynasty, and The Fall Guy. Births that year, Natalie Portman, Britney Spears, Beyonce, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Elijah Wood, and Alicia Keys.
1: Mm, Any- I feel old now.
0: <laughs> I know. Anything, <laughs> anything there stand out to you?
1: You know, in your intro, you mentioned Luke and Laura, mm-hmm. and sad enough- just General Hospital, yeah. Gen- I was about to say General Hospital. I was going to say, I remember the names- and I remember that they're on a daytime soap opera, but I couldn't
0: quite remember which one, so... Well, that's... obviously, I watched it, and I know my family, I have I have three sisters, yeah, and a mother who was home. My father was working, and this is 81. I'm 10, 11, so I'm around, and there was no bigger soap opera No, it was moment. huge.
1: It was huge. I, I remember I was a sophomore in 81. So just talking with you know people at school and, and and some of the girls at school and like it was a huge hit back in '81.
0: Really interesting the story behind that, and I won't go into it that much because I don't really. Yeah, we got to keep this rock and roll. Go yeah. ahead. But Luke and Laura, you know how they met, on the show. On the show at a concert. No, Luke raped Laura, <laughs> and then they got married, and it was this big thing. So it's just kind of a weird, yes, sidebar. So shouldn't laugh at that, but yeah, that's very. <laughs> It's, it's, so that's how they wrote him in. Yeah. That, that was how we first started. And then My they ended up uh, as the hashtag rapist. Didn't everyone love Luke and Laura? Or they did what, what, at the time. Right? It, it, I think that happened over like a six year or seven year, eight year story arc. So it's like they go through so many different things. Half the people yeah. are vampires and half the people are dead or come back to life or yeah. kidnapped or...
1: All right, we better move on to rock and roll. Some, a lot of people are going to be making fun of us here. Oh, don't worry about it.
0: Soap Opera Talk by Robin Ralph. Uh, I remember Stripes, though. Stripes, yes. Stripes and Raiders of the Lost Ark were huge movies for me. Yeah, Stripes is great. Yeah. Bill Murray, uh, yeah, that's it, it, a great movie. What type of training are you doing, sir? Well, army training, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just classic. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing specific songs from 1981 and we'll share under 20 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight and then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to each of our playlists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always send back to the artist. We have created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated and also look to the link for our YouTube playlist as well because sometimes music sounds better when you see it especially during the 80s because during the 80s MTV was everything although 81 maybe not so much just because MTV kind of started at the back end of it. Uh, We're drinking before we get going on this thing. We had a couple days ago well let's just rewind When I was 11, 12 years old. That's more than a couple days ago. Yeah. I bought a guitar. Yeah. My first real guitar. Is
1: this 1981 when you were 11? Okay. I was
0: 16. And I bought a Kramer Focus 1000. It was the first time that was released. And the great thing about the Kramer Focus 1000 is that it looked a lot Mm -hmm. like Eddie Van Halen's guitar. And a couple of days ago... One of the best guitarists ever to pick up a guitar died. Mm. And it's been really shocking to me and probably the whole musician community and anybody who grew up listening to music this time. I mean, they started in 78, so 84 was their biggest album. So we're right in the center of the early Van Halen. And later on in the 80s, it was Van Hagar, which is still uh, touched a lot of people. And he was the one person who really really inspired me to play guitar in the first place and really changed the way people play guitar, period. Yep, I agree. Over my lifetime. He's probably the most world-changing guitarist of all time. In that stead, we uh, grabbed some Voodoo Ranger. And why is Voodoo Ranger? What does that have to do with Eddie Van Halen, Rob? Well, the name of the beer we're drinking is Atomic Pumpkin. (laughs) Like Atomic Punk, but... It's as close as we can get. It actually tastes pretty good. It's in a can, so I can't really talk about the color. Yeah, there's some spice in
1: it. Yeah, and the, the first taste is, is the spice, and then you get a little bit of, like, maybe some pumpkin after that. But it's, it's and then, and then it quickly goes away, like, not much of an aftertaste, which I enjoy.
0: And it's the beer. It tastes like beer, too. It's worth a try, and it's probably a good thing to have. Just think about Eddie. Well, we yeah. just started fall, what, two weeks ago now? So we're into the fall beers here. Yeah, this is very pumpkin spice yes. or whatever. Pumpkin scone at Starbucks. Come yeah, now. Yeah. Anyway, Ralph, what is your song of note, my friend? My song of note for 1981. I'm going to go very dark here on you, Rob. Dark. I'm scared. Gothic. Oh, so I understand there's, there's, it begins with the letter B. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. All right. So band B- Bauhaus. Shocking. If yep. you listen to 86, you know why it's not shocking. Go yeah, ahead. Exactly. In
1: 86, I did Peter Murphy and, and Love and Rockets. And then this is when Peter Murphy and Love and Rockets was all one band Bauhaus. The name of the album was called Mask. And the song that I chose, not that they had any big hits, but like the gothic, world. This was a pretty big hit as far as that goes. It's called Kick in the Eye. Okay. It's the second single from Mask. Pretty big song for that underground scene. And and Bauhaus is kind of a band that when when they were putting out music from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty three. Uh, they had a pretty big following, but the following kind of happened five, six, seven, eight years later, you know, in the late 80s and even into the early 90s where the Gothic rock movement kind of picked up. But Or maybe um, never. Well, pick,
0: picked up a little
1: bit more than in the in the early 80s, but yeah, uh, it obviously just a the, very underground
0: band. Just a sidebar, Do you ever wear makeup? Do you have that whole coffee going? Because I would love to see that picture. Um, no, no, I, I I won't answer that question. But the answer is no.
1: Um, <laughs> the closest I'll get: I do have a Bauhaus shirt that I meant to wear tonight, but just couldn't quite find it so but no makeup no and it still fits yeah it more than likely still fits it's probably been a couple years since i've actually worn it but yeah so this band just very unusual sounding band very very dark but uh just enjoyed the guitar player daniel ash and the vocals of peter murphy were a lot of fun the term bauhaus you being with your german uh, background rob is
0: it's <laughs> <is> a bauhaus
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you know it's back in the 20s and 30s was a german art movement very abstract and the the hitler regime actually decided to shut it down just because they didn't like how i guess crazy uh the the bauhaus movement was so that's obviously where bauhaus got their name but but the song is just and for those of of you who
0: can't visualize this one of the good ways to visualize it Uh i think of it if you ever watch snl in like the 80s, about the same time. There was this skit they did. It was called Sprockets. Sprockets. Meet your host, Dieter.
1: Welcome to Sprockets. I am your host, Dieter.
0: This is Sprockets, and this is how we dance.
1: <laughs> your story has become tiresome. Now's the time when Sprockets let me die.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't anyway, remember, I don't remember. Look that it one. up. Look up Sprockets, and that's the movement Ralph's talking about to yeah. some degree. <laughs> so, heavy
1: bass and, and percussion to start off the song, uh, the bass line, and then just some eerie synthesizer and some undertones of guitar. And then Peter Murphy with his very strong voice just brings the entire song together and just enjoy this one.
0: Okay. From The song and note. Yeah. All right. So, let's go with Kick in the Eye from Bauhaus. I like sing Bauhaus. (laughs) This is. We are now going to listen to. (laughs) 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 We are now going to listen to Bauhaus. Enjoy Ralph's song of note. It is Bauhaus. You must all listen. Enjoy. Kick in the Eye? Kick in the Eye. By Bauhaus. Go out and get masked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. Yeah, it's very very unique. <laughs> All right. So let's go to my song of note, which will be equally interesting. This song couldn't have been in my top 12. There was no chance this song making my top 12. But it was one of the songs I really enjoyed this year. I heard this next song for the first time when I listened to Live Without a Net by Van Halen live from new haven or they crossed it out and it went new Haven, connecticut okay and this is sammy hagar's first concert right when 5150 was coming out regardless this was a song that was released in 1981 mm-hmm. by sammy hagar on a standing hampton album so it's a hagar album. it's a hagar song okay okay and it's one of these songs that as soon as i watched that concert i had to know what that song was because it was so good the name of the song is there's only one way to rock by sammy hagar good song and as he says, there's a million ways to do many other things, but there's only one way to rock. That <laughs> actually hit number 31. This became a staple in the Van Halen concerts, at least early on. Michael Anthony's harmonies and Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing really gave it that next level. But it, here it is. Wasn't never going to make my top 12, but it was just this interesting song that came out this year. Yep, good choice. Let's take a listen to There's Only One Way to Rock. Yeah. Okay that's my good, note good guitar jam right there Oh it's fun it's just a fun song. So Ralph, let's go right into the madness. What's your number 12? And we already used Bauhaus. You can't use it again. <laughs> oh, I can't?
1: Well, I'm out then.
0: No, just kidding. I'm going to switch gears here on you. Like okay. I, uh I like to do,
1: Rob. You're a gear switcher. It's a new wave dance song by a musician, once again from England, solo artist named Kim Wilde. Ah,
0: I know what song this is. Good job.
1: Kids in America. Mm-hmm. I had not heard this song, Rob, probably in 15 years. And as I'm studying the 1981 list, I'm like, oh my. Oh my. I have to grab this because I I can remember being 16 years old, 17 years old, going to Magic Mountain and dancing to this song and actually liking it. I'm not a big dance guy, Rob, and and if you've seen me dance, you'll know why. But uh, whenever this song came on, it was just a lot of fun. There was a big influence from Gary Newman's music. Okay. She wrote this with her father and her brother. Her father was apparently a pop star in England in
0: the late 60s. And she was living with her parents yes. at the time. Yeah.
1: yeah. This hit number two in the European charts, when it eventually made its way over to the United States, it was a top 30 Billboard hit. In studying Kim Wilde, I thought she was a one-hit wonder. She had 25 top hits in the top 10 in the 80s and the 90s. Now, she was much bigger in Europe than she was in the United States, but... She had all kinds of of big hits. I was kind of shocked to realize that.
0: Yeah, I think she did a cover of You Keep Me Hanging On. Okay. That song? Yeah. And that was a number 1 hit here in the US at one point. She had top 40, I think it was like 19 in the UK alone. Yeah. It's been in movies, it's been in a couple things. It has, yeah. It's a fun big dance song. song. Like I didn't know Kim Wilde in all fairness. Yeah. When I I knew the song immediately when I was listening to this. You didn't this realize year. it was Kim Wilde. Like, though, Kim yeah. Wilde beforehand, yeah. yeah kids in america i don't know was that super tramp i don't know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you <know>? exactly yep. <laughs> so good let, memories of this song though yeah no it's a good it's a good song uh, i totally remember hearing it and i was a kid in america i yeah. was hitting my uh pre years yes <laughs> let's listen to kim wild kim's getting wild yes she and, is uh, kids in america let's take a listen <laughs> Okay, that's Kids in America by Kim Wilde, and it's like one of those songs that you don't know until you know it, right? As soon as you hear it, you're like, I know that song. It's fantastic. Obviously a big hit for her. Speaking of Kim's, let's do my number 12. Kim Carnes has one of these raspy, sexy voices. I don't know what it is, but this song really always hit me, and it was massive this year. A number one for nine weeks. name of the song is Betty Davis Eyes. Mm. Yes. It won the Grammy for Record of the Year, the third best single of the entire 80s. Wow. That's how big this one is. A lot of people, when this song came on, they didn't think it was Kim Carnes. They didn't even think it was a female. They thought it was Rod Stewart. She has that raspy voice, obviously. So yeah. it was a mistaken artist, and Betty Davis actually liked the song. She wrote a letter to Kim thanking her for making her a part of modern history. Mm. She said that her granddaughter now thought she was cool <laughs> by having a hit song written about her. And here's Betty Davis, who's the superstar who was on millions Go- of movies, Golden Girls. No, 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 uh, Betty, okay. Betty Davis. That's sorry. That's Betty White. Oh, Betty White. Yep. She's kind sorry, of Betty White. My, my Betty's I wrong. Is, no, that's kind of different. <laughs> but Betty Davis Eyes, uh, the video is huge on MTV and it gave the song a big boost at the end of the year. It was originally recorded by Jackie D. Shannon in 1975, but the original songwriter worked with Kim Carnes on the song. The hook with the shaker in the beginning is amazing. The raspy vocals are separated from almost everything that year. She'll take a tumble on you, roll you like you're a dice. Some of those lyrics are just sexual in nature, but uh, really fun, especially with there's something about a raspy voice from a female that's just kind of, I don't know. Yes. Sexy. It's Go sexy. ahead and say it. It's, I'll say it for you. It's sexy. Hey there, baby. I just—I love it, that voice.
1: <laughs> that's the opposite of sexy
0: right there. I don't know. I think I'm pretty sexy. <laughs> Alright, let's listen to my number 12, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Coren's Off of Mistaken Identity. Crumb,
2: she throws you. She's and she knows just what it takes to get pro blush. All
0: the boys think she's a spy. She's got Betty Davis eyes. All the boys think she's a spy. hmm. Another fun song. So that's my number 12, Betty Davis eyes. So let's jump to another complete genre. And one that we haven't been covering as much as we should. Okay, good. It's r and B. I can't hear the song, You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer <laughs> in my head without hearing this song. I see parachute pants. <laughs> but the <laughs> song is actually by Rick James, Super Freak from Street Songs. It's just a great groove. I love the way the bass and the drum are highlighted. Is this on your list? No.
1: Okay. No, I lo- you looked at me like, it's on list? No, I just
0: smiled because I-, I remember Super Freak. <laughs> you know she's a very kinky girl the kind you won't take to home the mother that sort of thing
1: interesting lyric a freak right is
0: there. slang for someone who was willing to try various fetishes thus a super freak will try just about anything james said i put super freak together pretty quickly i just wanted a silly song that had a little bit of new wave texture to it i can't with the bass part first then put the guitar and keyboards he called his music punk funk punk funk okay before the red hot chili peppers created, yeah it. <laughs> no it wasn't quite the same i'm sure uh wherever jake is he loves it since we know how much drummers love electronic hand claps instead of drums uh, the delivery is great i love the call and answer with the background singers and it's even funnier knowing that the background singers of this song are the actual temptations oh okay yeah uh, the there you go chorus is simple but memorable and I always thought he said Newsweek Magazine, but it's actually New Wave Magazine in there. Because I never really understood how Newsweek Magazine made sense. It sounded like a, something a censor would do. This hit number 16 in the U.S. and number three on R&B and sold 30 million copies. and sold. Yeah, it's a huge hit in the discos. He had a weird life. I mean, he stole yes, he cars. Did. He did heroin. He burgled houses. Then he fled. Kidnapped the, someone, he, you right? No, that's later. He, yeah. fl- he fled. and Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> he fled to fled to escape the draft. He was drafted. Yes. He actually went into the reserve, and he did that for a couple of weeks. Was he in Canada for a couple of years? And then or... he went to Canada. Okay, yeah. Because his unit got called up, and he went AWOL. And he actually started playing with Joni Mitchell and Neil Young uh, with some sort of band in uh, Canada. But then he had to go to prison because he deserted the yep. military. And then he went back to Toronto later on to pimp, literally, <laughs> and obviously later on in life, he had this whole uh, kidnapping. They kidnapped yeah. this woman for sex, and him and his was it girlfriend. Him and his girlfriend or yeah. wife, a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, I think kid- it was a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. But we can do a whole podcast on Rick James' life and can go on forever. He had lawsuits, other things that we didn't talk about, another kidnapping, a beating. He just had a crazy life. Anyway. Let's take a listen to Super Freak by Rick James off a Street Songs album, my number eleven, and it's just this classic song, so you gotta love it. Here we go. Here we go. There's even a part in that song where he goes, Temptation singing. And then you go, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fun. All right, Ralph, what's your number 11? Rob, number 11.
1: We're rockers at heart. I'm going to bring us back to the rock and roll world here.
0: All right. Let's go to
1: the rock and roll world, world. Band from LA. Okay. I have a feeling. What yeah, song? Goes. You probably do. I was lucky enough to see this band at Magic Mountain. At Magic Mountain? At Magic Mountain. Really? Song called Live Wire by Motley Crue. Off their debut album, Too Fast for Love. Top 40 VH1. Greatest metal songs of all time. Great bass line to open it up. Guitar work is awesome. I'm not a huge Vince Neil fan. His voice is very good in this song. This is probably a top three Motley Crue song for me. Really? Yeah. If you're to believe the movie that they put out recently, The Dirt. 100% true. Everything. (laughs) Yeah from a certain point of view like this was one of the first songs they wrote if you're writing a song like this and you're practicing and playing it you're like okay you know what we've got something here because this song immediately just has hit song all over it
0: was lucky enough to see him at magic mountain so i'm working at Ma- magic mountain was my oh, f- hold on. this yeah. is the pinnacle for motley Crue. <laughs> oh yeah because they're playing magic mountain and i think that's what it, every musician yeah. inspires <laughs> to carnegie hall push yeah forget Our, it or uh madison square Garden. No, well, no, no. Kiss had played Magic Mountain before Motley Crue, right? Well, they what, did a movie, what, 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 yeah, what's they the there? movie What's the movie called? Uh, Phantom
1: of the Park. Phantom of the Park, that's right. So I'm working at Magic Mountain, my first job, summer of 81. What were you doing at Magic Mountain? I was ride operator for Freefall. I don't even think it exists anymore at Magic Mountain. But at the time, it was the biggest ride at Magic Mountain. I was the guy who was telling you, oh, you're at the end of the line. That's a three and a half hour wait for you. Got Enjoy it. that. They
0: still have that person at Magic Mountain. <laughs> oh, the yes, way. they
1: do. So I'm you know, talking with all my colleagues and I'm explaining to them, I'm going to see this band and they're coming to Magic Mountain tonight and I'm all excited. Then my boss comes up to me and says, you know what? Why don't you take your lunch break? So I go off to lunch, come back and everyone's like, Ralph, guess who was here 15 minutes ago? motley crew was escorted to the front of the line and rode free fall while i was at lunch on my break (laughs) so so i missed it that is the story of your musical (laughs) life listen going to see them at magic mountain five minutes from where i grew up was was just a lot of fun hanging out with friends lucky enough to see them at the roxy nightclub also you know I've been lucky enough to see certain bands when they're just getting rolling. I've told you about Metallica. Motley Crue is another one. It's just, you instantly know that these guys have something that other bands don't have, and they had energy. Tommy Lee, he's actually a very good drummer.
0: He's a fantastic Very, very guy. good drummer.
1: But just spinning the sticks around and it just kind of all kinds of different movements. Just a fun, fun time going to see Motley Crue. This song usually is one of their opening songs, and obviously it's the opening song on
0: their debut album, Too Fast for Love. No, it's a great song. Let's take a listen to Live Wire by Motley Crue, Ralph's number 11. Good number 11, my friend.
1: Yeah, like they took a lot of theatrics from Kiss, obviously. Nikki Six lighting himself on fire, and just, just, just a lot of, a lot going on, on top of the music, uh, theatrically. So fun.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I like to talk about about Molly Crew, but it's kind of off topic, so I won't at this point. But <laughs> uh. it's the backstory of them, the stuff that you didn't see in the movies, <laughs> <laughs> are really interesting. So anyway, I digress. So Ralph, what's your number ten? Number 10, Rob,
1: is an artist we've talked about. Okay. James Ambrose Johnson
0: Jr. Nice. What's Better off? known. Yeah, as Rick James. James. Uh, that's good you have him on there, yes. too. Yes. Because so, I knew when you looked at me <laughs> like that, I knew <laughs> I was there like, was something. Yep. I was trying. to like, uh-oh, uh-oh, but, uh oh. Uh oh. But chose a different
1: song. Of course Give it did. to me, baby.
0: Yeah, I figured. That's the which, only other one you could choose.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, both of them, great uh, disco songs, uh, big hits. Uh, Super Freak was this bigger hit of, of the two, but uh, I just enjoy Give It To Me, Baby, just a little bit more. Top 40 hit on the Billboard charts. I would never admit it when I was 16 because I was like, you know, just I was a rocker, but I can look back on it now, and this this is definitely one of my favorite disco songs, Rob. Would never admit that when I was 16, but... Um, looking back on it, 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 it's a fun disco song. You know, opens up with a great dancing bass line. The horns come in throughout the song, are just great. Now the lyrics, I think it has something to do with food, maybe.
0: Yeah, like give it to me, <laughs> give me, give me your food,
1: baby. Give me, give me your food, baby. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, yeah I was like, hey, baby. <laughs> but we kind of talked about his like, look, he, he's a nutcase, right? I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we went through that a little bit earlier with super freak but this is another great song by rick james give it to me baby
0: it's a very literal song yes it is <laughs> it's not about food no oh, believe okay. it or not so uh this really kind of the only weird thing that's in the song that yeah. you may not pick up on as a lay person is if you listen to the drums in this there's this little offbeat tom tom that's being hit in there that shouldn't be there but rick james kind of added it afterward and it actually works out pretty good. It makes it more distinctive. He like he'd originally create like the skeleton of a song with his people and then he would add unusual elements to it to kinda spice it up.
1: Could only imagine him in the studio with, you know, him in the, the crack
0: pipe and just going at it. I don't know if it was a crack back in eighty <laughs> one. I think it was just uh, cocaine in eighty one. I don't know. Was crack eighty well, uh, one? Well, you know what? I think crack was like later right. Later yeah. in his career, he was. He for was those of you the, into the crack, crack yeah. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. Can you
1: help us out on the uh, timeline time for line. crack? Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're drug dealing out there, and just let us know. Was crack in the late eighties or was it early? I can't remember. So anyway, let's listen. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. Wasn't that a Britney Spears song? <laughs> oh, no. that was "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." I think that was it. Give it to me, baby. It's I very similar. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's listen to Give It To Me Baby one more time No, just Give It To Me Baby By by Rick James, baby
1: When I was high as the sky.
0: I don't know. I think that was quite often for him. The horns in that are the awesome. The horns are great. great. I was just going to comment great. on that. yeah, but, yep. Yeah, it's just this really cool beat. I love the the female vocal in it. Yeah. Kind of pairing off of his and kind of tying it together and making it real, just feeling alive. And I can totally feel that. You know, you feel it making you move.
1: I heard your Tom Tom clip in there for the first time, so that's cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always funny when you listen for things yep. that you don't know that are there, and a lot of times you can hear it more when you're wearing headphones than when you're not. but Or you listen to studio monitors in this case, too. I'm not... Didn't expect us to uh, connect on that album. Rick James was not, not <laughs> in the expected call. So anyway, now my number 10 is from Bauhaus. Just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Did you see that look? You got I know, me. I I know. I was like... I was oh. like that a boy? <laughs> no, my number 10 is the... Antithesis of Bauhaus. If Bauhaus had an antithesis, this would be this pop rock song by oh no, a guy who <laughs> was trying to be a musician for a while and was had a couple little hits but nothing major. This album was huge for him. The album was called Working Class Dog. He had a really big hit on it. His name is Rick Springfield, and uh, the name of the song is Jesse's Girl. <laughs> and he was... You had had sisters growing up, right? Yeah. No, no. but this is me at 11, so give me a break. So (laughs) I was his target audience. (laughs) Uh, But he dated Linda Blair for a while. And Linda Blair was the one who convinced him that he was a good looking guy and should try his hand at acting because he was not an actor who became a musician. He was a musician who became an actor? Wait, are we tying this back? General Hospital. General Hospital coming back again, to again. Yeah, look at, at that! Time. Wow, this is a General Hospital episode. <laughs> hey, everybody who loves General Hospital. This is this. Is Our true. wives will be proud of us, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love the muted chords in the intro. The guitars pick up when the drums come in, in full. Emotion behind the lyric seems authentic, uh, especially to a preteen, which I was at the time. There was a Jesse's girl in my school that I always remember. That's always a Jesse's girl in everybody's. Do you have school. a crush on her? Yeah, this okay. is like ton of you know when you're little, yep. you know when you're a ten, eleven, sure. twelve, getting into that space. You know, there's girls you like, girls you don't like, which is kind of scary because I have kids <laughs> about that age. Uh, I remember the song was huge. It was on MTV. He was very photogenic, I guess, so they put it on a lot. That was what I listened to music. That was my radio station. It was MTV. Sure, this was number one when MTV launched. It was even covered by the chipmunks. Oh boy. Which <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> you know you hit a big when the chipmunks cover you. Yep, exactly.
2: <laughs> oh...
0: After the bridge, I love those big chords that come into it, and the solo is actually decent, but it's just very melodic. You're being nice. Yeah, I know it is. I always just like this tune. Yeah, I remember this tune,
1: you know, just once again, 16 and starting to hang out with uh, young ladies, and all the girls were in love with this song and in love with Rick Springfield, so it was like a huge, huge hit that year for them.
0: Let's listen to Jesse's Girl. I clearly had to be on this list in nineteen 19- eighty-one. Hit for him. It was a huge there's, hit. there's no denying that. So let's listen to Jesse's girl, my number ten. Not, her arms, I, like,
2: like girl?
0: I tell you what. One of the true things you said is that women love that song. Yes, they do. And when you had an acoustic guitar and you went to college later on in life, you played that song. Women still love that song. Mm. Very (laughs) good, very good. Well,
1: that explains, I was just watching you how much you were getting into that song as we were sitting here listening to it. But now
0: I know why. So you put it to good use. Good for you. In all fairness, uh, that solo is actually pretty good. As I said, it's mellow. It's not pushing any boundaries of technical... Virtu- virtuosity Yeah right? um, But Virtuosity right That's
1: a tough word to say In a couple of beers I Into the vo- into the
0: voodoo I was trying to say it <laughs> I just didn't say it right So anyway That's my number 10 Jesse's Girl I actually still like the song I tell you what I don't know what it is I cry and for you I know And I know The next song is Definitely not on your list My number 9 Because It's in a genre That you hate uh, Country Hey this is an iconic tune, regardless of genre. Okay. One of the biggest country songs of all time, sung by the son of a music legend. His nickname is Bo Cephas, or just Junior. Of course, I'm talking about Hank Williams, junior mm, Mm-hmm. And the song is A Country Boy Can Survive, which was massive. Uh, it's off of his album, The Pressure Is On. The acoustic guitar, he actually some, has some sitar on this track. A little fiddle and drums, because it's country, right? You feel the emotion in his voice, standing up for individualism and country life. Points out the dangers of city life that kept him country. One of the country artists we talked about when we did the country stuff was a guy called Shooter Jennings. Shooter, okay. Which is Waylon Jennings' son, okay, who's out playing today, but he has a CBCS tattooed on his arm. Country boy. Can survive. Gotcha. Have you heard this song before?
1: I'm going to have to listen to it. My father was a big Hank Williams Jr. fan. Growing up, I heard a lot of Marty Robbins and Hank Williams Jr. and Johnny Cash, which actually I'm a Johnny Cash fan.
0: I love Johnny I, Cash. I, yeah.
1: I don't know if I know this song, but I'm interested to figure out if I've heard it before.
0: Okay. In that case, I will play my number nine, A Country Boy Can Survive by Hank Williams Jr. And I know Troy Smith out there somewhere is smiling because we're actually having a country song on this podcast so <laughs> enjoy here we go homemade country boy can
2: survive country boy can survive because you can't stop the sound and you can't make a run. Those when you know the ball is
1: raised I don't
0: got no I can't boy can survive man all right so full confession here
1: yeah, I like that song. It's good. I I don't think I've heard it before. Like I said, dad was a big Hank Williams Jr. fan. I like that song. I'm, I'm getting soft in my old age, Rob, because I'm starting to listen to country music.
0: There you go. You and Work. I
1: chatted a little bit about Chris Stapleton's songs. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying him, but that was a good song. So I wrote it down. It, it's going into one of my playlists here on Spotify after we're done. Yeah, I think it's my favorite Hank Williams Jr. Okay. song. What's your number nine? Number nine, I'm going to go British New Wave again on you. Band called Human League. Don't You Want Me Baby.
0: It's a That's a very good song. It's a huge, huge hit.
1: Philip Oakley, who's the lead singer and uh, the main songwriter for Human League, didn't necessarily like this song.
0: Yeah, he thought it was too commercial.
1: Yeah, he thought it was too commercial. And he's like, look, we've already got three hits on this album. I don't want a fourth hit. I think it's too much. And like, he obviously lost. And his bank account is very happy now
0: <laughs> because no doubt. this is by far the biggest hit by... He's got a Ferrari in the driveway with this name <laughs> on it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, typical early 80s synthesizer pop song. The back and forth with the male vocals and the female vocals just kind of brings this whole song together. And so it, it's, it's it's a
0: great song. I love the story type of feel yeah. with that. I remember the back and forth with the male and the female singer, yeah. like you're saying, and the story. This was the number one hit in the US. I think you can yeah. that. It didn't make my list, but this is on the cusp of my list. I think this would have been my number 14. Okay.
1: Really? That as, high? It was that okay. high. It was really close to making yep. it.
0: You can totally see why you put it on. I'm so right you know you who's
1: a, a big fan of, of this song, Rob? My guess is... Your wife? Your wife. It, it was interesting last How we- do you
0: know what fan my wife is? Missing? So
1: I so we're hanging out last weekend, and this song comes onto my playlist, and I'm like, oh, I'm giving I'm giving something away here. I hope Rob doesn't realize what's going on. But as this song's playing, I just happen to look over Mary, and she's just singing every word to this song, and I was like, okay, there's a fan right there. So uh, my kids know this song. It, it's it's a huge hit, even to to this day so
0: yeah no great song don't you want me by human league ralph's number nine just goodness let's listen By the Human League. Yeah, so it's, this this was voted... It's a good by, pop song, yeah. yeah it
1: is it um, is. Top 10 song in Europe for all of the 80s by a bunch of UK media
0: outlets. You know what number one was, right? Hmm. The number one song by Europe, The Final Countdown. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> oh, on that note... <laughs> oh, you're way behind, my friend. Yes, I am. I just... Pop number three. Which oh scary. boy, scary! We're having fun now, boys. And, Ew, that's what we're doing. I tell you, yeah, I know. it's good. The stuff is good, man. Voodoo Ranger and uh, Atomic Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So, what is your number eight? That's a good number. That's a good number nine. Yeah, you're surprising me a little bit with some of the pop stuff, which is good. Yeah, I know. So let's go with another pop you, song you... at number eight. What do you got? Okay, number eight, another duet, mm-hmm. uh, female
1: and male. Great, great song
0: by Tom Petty. Thank God. I was really I was really worried about Endless Love coming up here. <laughs> that a great
1: Tom Petty song that ended up on a Stevie Nicks album. Yeah. Her debut album, Belladonna, the song Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Stevie Nicks wanted to be part of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers so bad and was just hounding tom petty he's like tom write me a song i'm doing my first solo album will you help me out so he wrote a song called the insider for stevie they recorded it after they recorded it tom went to stevie and said stevie i love this song so much i need (laughs) it need it for me
0: i need it for my album we talked a lot about this on yeah you've, uh, you've done a tom petty a tom podcast, petty podcast so, yeah. and uh this actually made jake's list not to give it away uh this this one did yeah okay yeah stop dragging my heart around yeah. and it was a uh, I i think it was episode 13 so if you're into some tom petty check that one out it was yeah, actually pretty so, popular so after up. tom handed
1: this song insider mm-hmm. to stevie nicks recorded it took it away from her you know she was obviously upset and said okay let's let's write another song so they talked about. Okay, here, here's a list of songs that I think fit what your your musical style and your vocal style. Obviously, "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" uh, was was on the list. They recorded it. It ended up on Stevie's View album, and she got the better of the two. It's definitely a better song than "Insider," I believe. Sure, sure. And I I just love this song. And Stevie Nicks works with this one, yeah, yeah. Tom Petty's voice, he, he's he sings backup vocals with her quite a bit, but there's there's one quick verse where his vocals... It, his voice is
0: so good in this, but... Um, it, it Tom was, Petty is yeah. underappreciated as a vocalist, to, a, just because yeah. he has that sort of Dylan sort of feel, yeah, twingy, yeah. That, that sort of Dylan delivery, but he has this awesome range that yeah. you wouldn't expect. But this has just got great. an old-fashioned groove to it, great
1: guitar work, the organ in it is awesome. The harmony vocals, like I've mentioned before, it just
0: creates a great, mellow
1: rock and roll
0: song. And Tom Petty didn't just write this, by the way. Uh, Mike Campbell also. Mike Campbell, yeah. yeah. Mike yeah. Campbell did the music. yeah, And Tom Petty did the words, yeah. which is the way it generally worked yeah. with the uh, Heartbreakers a lot. And uh, Mike also did a lot of crossover stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is great. Uh, great song, and I could go into a whole diatribe on this, but if you want to listen to that, Check out the old podcast. So this was on Jake's
1: top twelve,
0: but not yours. That's correct because because it was a duet, and I didn't. Yeah, it was really a Stevie Nicks song. I kind of, but anyway. Yep. Here's "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" by Stevie Nicks. Rouse number eight. Let's listen off the Belladonna album. number
1: 8. She definitely got the better of the two tunes between Insider and Stop Dragging
0: My Heart Around. Great duet. Great number 8. Not on my list, but great number 8. My number 8 is a song that sounded so different compared to what was on the air. There's a little flute in the song. It's from an Australian band.
1: You go down to Australia a lot in Australia in these
0: lists. and you may see one or two from Australia. This one is a pop one. The band was called Men at Work mm. Mm. off of the Business as Usual album. Okay. And the song is called Down Under. I didn't really understand when I first listened to it, some of the Australian terms, you know, heading out in a fried-out combi heavy trail, head full of zombie or something like that. I'm Yeah, who knows what screwing, he's talking about? I'm screwing the word. Zombie is a particularly strong batch of marijuana called zombie grass, which is <laughs> in Australia. And a fried-out combi is a broken down van. Vegemite sandwiches is this fermented yeast spread that they use from what I'm told. They love it so much and they can't get it out of country that they'll bring a jar with them because it just becomes that beginning of the day breakfast for them. They have this lyric where, where the beer does flow and men chunder. And I was like, what does that mean? Where the beer or beard? Where the beer does flow. Oh, okay. From the land down under, where the beer does flow and men chunder. And chunder is an Australian slang term meaning to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love lyrics in rock and roll. It's great because it's all Australian <laughs> and nobody out of the area gets That's it. That's right, mate. That's right. This is how Jake would say, you have to speak Australian. Just say, Rise up lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. Pass me that Fosters. Yeah. Uh, they hate Fosters, by the way. Just a complete sidebar. Really? So it, yeah, it's not a drink they drink there. Hmm. Anyway, this is a huge worldwide hit. Uh, both the single and the album were number one in both the US and the UK. Holland Hay is talking this course <laughs> Uh-oh. you're gonna try this uh-uh. i don't know if i can actually <laughs> this course is is about the selling of australia in many ways it's the overdevelopment of the country it almost sounds like bono i i get into the bono speak when i start <laughs> going australian i don't know why i got a why if i go why it's fine it was a song about the loss of spirit in the country it's really about the plundering of the country by greedy people it's ultimately about celebrating the country, but not in a nationalistic way or flag-waving sense. It's way more than that. I'm sorry, that was awful, but that's fine. <laughs> a for effort. Unless you're asking for a knife for razor blades, it's, it's, it's going to be hard for me. It's, it's great. Oh, do you know who Colin Hay is? The lead singer of uh, Minute Work. Okay. Uh, no, you know who his niece is? Um, Sia. Oh, you- really? Yeah, the the pop star. See it. that
1: you've never seen her eyes before because yeah, of her bangs. Her bangs. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's his. That's his niece. Great voice, by the way. See oh yeah. That, yeah, she's great. Uh, great eyes, but you never know. Yeah, I was about to say, how would we know? <laughs> but I remember when I got this album, I got the vinyl and playing it to death. I can talk to you about every song on this album. I love this album. Anyway, let's listen to Down Under, let's my number eight by Men at Work from the album Business As Usual.
2: He just me a bit, you he said, I
0: Oh, by the way, I didn't mention before, can you hear, can you hear the thunder? Thunder is this noise that makes when lightning's created. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a big rumble, just, just in case you we, didn't know We that. get it every once in a while out
1: here in California, every once in a while.
0: It's so funny, California, I came back from the East Coast, I uh-huh. moved from the East Coast, I'm an East Coast guy, and I've been here for 10 years, so I guess I'm not so much anymore, but I remember one thunderstorm since I've been here, and it was so mild, it was crazy. So you're comparing it back uh, back east, but back there,
1: east. there's one or two at least a year out here. But like you said, very mild.
0: Yeah. If you hear thunder, that's not a thunderstorm. Yep. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly, golly, golly. All right. From one Australian band to another Australian band, my number seven mm. is from a band called ACDC. For Those. For Those About Rock album. And the song is For Those About To Rock. Yeah. We salute you.
1: Very good. Is that
0: on your list or no? It is not. Okay. Uh, My guess is you went with the other one or you just skipped it, which would be kind of funny. (laughs) Guitars in the beginning, Malcolm and Angus clearly made this an ACDC song before the first note is sung. The guitar tone is just amazing. The chorus is epic. Obviously cannons firing At the end, is just epic fire. Yeah. This is right after Back in Black, correct? Yes. Okay. The album hit number one, although the song didn't even chart. There was only one song that charted on this album, which was Let's Get It Up. Really? Yeah.
1: For Those About to Rock, was not the biggest hit on that. Okay. I mean, that's what I would have chosen also.
0: Out of the pantheon of ACDC, Those About to Rock has been a staple in their live show. Okay. Because once you fire off some cannons you have to go live that's your final song <laughs> yeah. every night yeah because once you fire those cannons you can't follow you can't follow that have you seen AC/DC live i have not i haven't I've, either i've seen them on video live yeah. but it's not quite the same thing yeah yeah there were real cannons that were set up behind the band uh, when they did this so it's really kind of cool well i'm
1: proud of you at least you're getting me back into the rock and roll uh genre you know after after your rick springfield choice i'm, <laughs> I'm glad i'm glad you're uh you're, you're on to uh acdc here
0: but we'll go from the luke and laura <laughs> to the the wedding of prince charles and lady diana because that's where they got the idea for using cannons because really? they use cannons yeah the Cannons at the wedding, and they thought that was the coolest thing. It's on the album cover and everything. Uh, yeah. And every ACDC show from this point on ended with the Cannons blaring. Can we talk a little bit more about ACDC? Sure, sure. Not yet, yeah, yeah. but
1: they put a new song out today with Brian. I thought Brian Johnson was done. Like, no, no, no. He came back. He, yeah. yeah. He, I'm he, just he had, finding this out years today. Off.
0: Yeah, yeah. He had a couple years off. He had to rest his vocals, okay. vocal cords, and now his vocal cords are rested. And he can come back and we don't what? have to hear Axel try and sing AC DC anymore.
1: With a voice like that, why do you think his voice uh his vocal cords were shredded? I, <laughs> I <mean. laughs> can't imagine.
0: I'm a guitar guy. I yeah, like ACDC good. a lot. I wish they had different topics about some of their songs, but that's yeah, okay. I'm uh,
1: with you on that.
0: For those about to rock, we salute you. A C D C my number seven. Real quick, I just want to jump ahead here. You gotta hear the cannons fire on this song. So let's I'm go just, to so, it. Yeah, let's go to it. So here we go. Fire! So, good. so good, so good, so good. It's a
1: good That's way good. to end a concert, right there. <laughs> Shooting cannons into the crowd.
0: Well, Ralph, what do you have at number seven? What do you got?
1: Rob, number seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the. Heavy Metal World uh, was one of the leaders of the new wave of British heavy metal. The name of the song is Rothschild by Iron Maiden off of their wonderful Killers album. So this song is written by the bass player, Steve Harris, but he's definitely the leader of this band from day one. Uh, Paul Diano had a much more punkish style. Uh, vocals than the the current Bruce Dickinson uh, singer. Rob, I might be the only Iron Maiden fan that makes this statement, that I'm a Paul Diano fan over Bruce Dickinson. Wow, that's good. Their first two albums, Iron Maiden and then Killers, the second album, are probably my two favorite Iron Maiden albums. I was lucky enough in 1981, Rob, I spent four weeks in England and Germany. And I'm in Germany at, at one point, and I'm staying with this family. They've got a 16-year-old son. We're hanging out, and he's into the the British wave of heavy metal. Sure. So he's taken me to record stores, and he's showing me, he's like, check this out. So I came back to the United States with this album, Iron Maiden Killers, Saxon, Strong Arm of the Law. Mm-hmm. The third one, which is not very well known, Tigers of Pantang, i've heard of them actually which yeah. is spellbound saxon's still doing you know no one's doing music now live but they're saxon is still putting music
0: out today but they Tigers had a drive-in Pantane. theater that was going on and they were playing <laughs> the, they're playing in <laughs> some pickup trucks so saxon i'm going to that saxon show yeah they're really big they're really big down about that driving over there but no, i was, I was lucky
1: enough yet. to be in europe like when all this
0: i actually like saxon
1: british but. wave of heavy metal was going on anyway yeah, but the bass line to open this song is great. And then just uh, lead guitar and then Paul Diano.
0: No, really wonderful, good Wonderful,
1: wonderful heavy metal song.
0: All right, let's listen to Wrathchild off of Iron Maiden Killers. This is your number seven. <laughs> Okay, that's Wrath by Art Maiden, Ralph's number seven. So, Ralph, what's your number six, my friend? It's a good going, song, though.
1: Yeah, very good song. Going to number six, I'm going to go with a song called Let It Go by Def Leppard. Okay. Off of their second album, The High and Dry, they had a couple of really big hits on this album, number one being Bringing on the Heartbreak. I went
0: with Let It Go, a little bit more of a rocker. And it was in Frozen, so you have to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't uh, they change that up in Frozen? Yeah, I think they made it into a ballad. <laughs> By the time Frozen
1: came out, Joe Elliott probably could have been singing Frozen.
0: <laughs> let it go, let it go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much that, but really fast. Yes,
1: but it opens up with a great guitar riff, straightforward drum beat. Sounds very much like Mutt Lang in the ACDC realm. Just a fun song. Certain albums, like as I'm going into high school and through high school, Hanging out, I mean th- this this got a lot of airplay wherever I was in high school.
0: Well, you're I find over time, when I start thinking about music you like. Yeah. A lot of songs, like when you put on your list, and above average number of them are the lead songs off of their big album.
1: The first song is that when you yeah. say lead, like the, lead the first song, song the first on song the album. The album. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: When you flip it on, you put the vinyl on. There it is. That first song off the bat yep. is the one that you will tend to more than not put on there. So, But I just kind of an interesting insight into the mind of, of Ralph.
1: I've got a five-minute span with my mind, so <laughs> the second song doesn't
0: matter. Actually, there's seven to eight very good songs on this album. Absolutely. I even like Switch 625 and Lady Strange, and there's so many good songs. And on Through the Night, it was actually something that's, that should have been on the first the album. Name, that's the name of their first the album, The first right? album, but that yeah. song didn't make it on the first album. <laughs> it's just one of those weird things that happened. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, this is Welcome. To Deep Cuts by Def Leppard for stuff you really don't care about with Rob and Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) Let's listen to Let It Go by Def Leppard off of the High and Dry album. Yeah, out there, baby. Listen out there, people. It's going to be fun. Ralph's number six. So let's listen. I don't understand why the PMRC had a problem with that. I heard the same lyric you're thinking about. (laughs) Get get down on your knees and prove you're ready to please or something like that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I don't know. It's perfectly innocent. No comment. (laughs) Perfectly innocent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a good number six. All right. So let's move over to the real music.
1: (laughs) No, just kidding. I have to remind you, we have not connected... We haven't met, we
0: haven't matched on one. But that's
1: okay. It's just... We've met on one album, Rick James. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would not have guessed that. I know who who figures. <laughs> I'm
2: Rick James, bitch.
0: <laughs> I, uh, my number uh, six is one of the biggest songs of the year. And as we start moving to the top half, we're going to start getting that a little bit. Yeah, it's a pop song, but it was kind of punk. At least she comes from that point of view. It's Joan Jett. Mm. Off of the "I Love Rock and Roll" album, let me guess what song? I'll oh, let me just take the biggest song in the world, "I Love Rock and Roll," by Joan Jett and the Black Hawks, "Black Hearts." The Black Hawks are <laughs> from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I- I- <laughs> Imagine Joan Jett yeah. playing with the Black Hawks. That'd be freaking hilarious.
1: I thought that was your your accent. Uh, I was trying there. to, yeah. and, then I, and
0: then I did it, and it went into instead of Black Hearts, it went Black Hawks. So the Chicago Blackhawks, and Joan Jett sang this awesome song. Anyway, (laughs) big guitars are pretty much clear why I like it, especially that walk back note that they have in that. It's really just tasty. Joan had that attitude that made her like the ultimate female rocker with Mm -hmm. that punk edge, which was kind of both sexy and dangerous, which is kind of nice. Chorus, just iconic period. It's great. I love the guitar interlude. It doesn't do too much, but it just fits the song perfectly. The sing-along chorus made this even more epic. I remember the video, which was black and white, but more importantly, Joan was wearing some leather. Yes. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, from the Runaways, right? Yeah, from the Runaways. Uh,
1: saw Joan Jet at and, Magic Mountain. that's same. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Did. I'm, I'm, I didn't really realize that until you started talking about Joan Jet. I was like, wait a minute, I saw her also at Magic Mountain. So, I mean, Magic Mountain used to have it going on.
0: This was originally recorded by a British group called The Arrows. It was actually released as a B-side by The Arrows, but they had this TV show in the UK, and Joan saw it when she was touring with The Runaways. She liked the song and really wanted to record it, so she brought it to The Runaways, and they didn't like it, so they passed on it. Oops. So in 79, (laughs) she finally recorded it with members of the Sex Pistols and released it as a B-side. And... It was okay. But then when she finally was on her own and with the Blackhearts. So she re-recorded it without yeah, again, the Sex Pistols. Without the Sex Pistols. Have you heard that version with the Sex Pistols? Is yeah, it is it out it's, there? It's raw Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> raw Let me just say that. Yes. Joan Jett said, everybody knows the song that just makes them feel amazing and makes them want to jump up and down. I quickly realized the song is going to follow you. So you're either going to let it bother you or you're going to make peace with it. So I feel blessed that I was involved with something that touched so many people. And uh, the original writer for the song, Alan Merrill, this is my Robbie Downer part of the kay. thing. He, uh, he died in New York on uh, March 30th of this year mm. from coronavirus. Mm. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty sad on that point. The song that he left is sung by everybody. I went to a concert. Oh, God, I hate to admit this. But my daughter wanted to go to a concert. Who? Uh, This is back to her first concert. She wanted to go see this band called Miley Cyrus. This was a Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, Best of Both Worlds tour. Yeah, It was right when she was breaking free from her Disney image. But one of the songs they sang on that was I Love Rock and Roll. And she rode a Harley through the air into the the audience so i thought it was pretty cool i mean as far as the musicians who are around her are really good sure the worst part about that concert just seriously it was you being there well it was me being there (laughs) but the biggest part about it is the shrieking the teenage girls shrieking that you can never unhear in your head i know
1: what you're talking about
0: i wake up screaming in the middle of the night by that noise it's like
1: banshees the first concert I took my oldest daughter to, who's now 19, was Ariana Grande, and there was some serious shrieking. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. So.
0: I don't know if I can make it through Ariana Grande. No, it was I tough. don't know. I don't it know. It was I mean, tough. Miley Cyrus is pretty much the same thing, I guess. But yeah, gosh. Yeah. Great song. Iconic. I saw him standing there by the The whole album machine. is really, really good. Yeah. Crimson and Clover yeah. and all those other songs. Yeah. But anyway, let's listen to my number six I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Black Hearts, not the Black Hawks. I love this too. So let's crank it up. Okay, that's my number six. I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I love rock and roll also. Yeah, it's, it's a good tune. Yes, very good. And I'm surprised we're not hitting on any of these, but I guess th- these are a little more poppy. So, And my next one is not going to change that. Uh, You're my, staying poppy with me? I'm staying poppy with you. But it's what it's I was really nickname. into of uh, rock pop. Of uh, My number five was on an album called Freeze Frame. J. Giles. Jay Giles band. Very good. Yeah. And uh, the song is, of course, Centerfold which was just massive. The instantly recognizable riff in the beginning. Uh, I was 10 or 11 entering puberty.
1: <laughs> Tipper Gore probably wasn't happy with this song either, <laughs> was she?
0: No. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, I was 11 years old thinking of, well, what which classmate would actually end up in a girly magazine, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, the chorus is great. My memory is just- Most sold. likely to succeed. My angel is the centerfold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even like the na-na, na-na-na stuff. In there, I like the fin, the fake ending in the song. At one point, it goes, All right, one, two, three, four. And they kick it off again. Uh, it's really sort of a musical departure for this band. They kind of... Uh, Jay Giles was not known for this sort of, uh, I guess, new wave sort of yeah. sound that they kind of incorporated it. Yeah, they, they went, this album went or, a little poppier for Jay Giles. was right? just yeah. a massive hit. a number n- Number one for six weeks. And... Just the video was great, everything was great. But the song, the story of the song, yeah, I can put myself in the story, as I said, as an 11, 12 year old, and kind of oh my god, it's her. this is the album that took him to a new level, right? Yeah, 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 okay. Centerfold was just huge. So let's take a listen to my number five, huge five. hit on MTV, obviously, also. Yeah, yeah, let's listen to Centerfold. Here we go by the Jay Giles Band.
2: My blood runs cold, my memory has just been sold My angel is a centerfold, my angel is a centerfold My blood runs cold, my memory has just been sold My angel is a
0: centerfold under- Okay, that's centerfold. It's funny, like, the misheard lyrics, this is just me being an 11-year-old. Okay. My blood runs cold, my memory has just been sold, my angel is the centerfold is the lyric. And I remember that, and I thought they alternated from my loved one's cold <laughs> because he was naked. Get it? It's just... As an 11 year old, you had no idea.
1: <laughs> so, Ralph, what's your number five? Number five, I'm bringing us to the shores of California by a Los Angeles band that, interestingly enough, was a really big band in California, but they got outside of California and all of a sudden, instead of playing in front of ten to 12,000 people, they're playing in front of two or 3,000 people. The name of the band is Oingo Boingo. Really? And the song is Only a Lad from the debut album, Only a Lad. Absolutely. Like, Hold I can, on. Yes. I can remember walking through... I'm a hard high graduate. Uh, oh, for, for okay, those of you in San... I guess. I mean, they're they're from out here. Yeah, they're from out here. These guys are famous for Halloween concerts. And and once again, I remember being in Orange County. Rob, they went Bruce Springsteen and played four-hour sets.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun dancing. Except it's four-hour sets if nobody knows any of the songs.
1: Um, (laughs) The the 15,000 people, you're right. The 15,000 people that are there. But but you're right. It's just such an interesting band that they just didn't make it outside of California. I shocked you on this one, didn't I? Yeah. I love shocking you, Rob. Well,
0: it's shocking because it's not something that anybody else would possibly come up with. Where, where are we sitting right now?
1: We're sitting in Southern California. Now, no, we're no, no, in no. Ca- no I totally, we're in as Kansas, I said, I totally got it. If we're in Kansas, yeah, you're right. No one's going to know Oingo Boingo. Fun, fun song. Party song.
0: If you've listened to a Ralph podcast, yeah. it's not really a shocker, is it? <laughs> That's what I'm here for, Rob. Right, shocking so, in the world. So let's listen to Only a Lad. The number five best song of nineteen eighty-one, according to the world of Ralph. <laughs> Let's
2: listen.
0: That's only a lad? Ralph's number five. It's not a bad song. I don't think it's the number five song of 1981, but I kind of like it. It's a fun tune. Ralph, what is your number four? We weren't going to match on Oingo Boingo pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have number four? So, Maybe we'll match on this one.
1: I'm, I'm going to go from Oingo Boingo to probably one of the largest bands in the world, The Police. Okay. Ghost in the Machine album, Demolition Man. Now, obviously- Why do you
0: go with Demolition oh Man gosh. off that album? Oh,
1: now, wait a minute. I was just about to say there are bigger hits on this album- but, Demolition Man is a complete jam. Great bass line. The guitar player, Andy Summers, is basically doing a lead through the entire song. If you watch the video, they're having a blast just jumping around, lots of energy. These guys basically hated each other about now, but... Well, let's step back. Yeah, go ahead.
0: You're a Sylvester Stallone fan. Is that really what it comes down to?
1: Yeah, I was about to say, this is in Sylvester Stallone and Snipes, right? Yeah. You listen to this song and the musicianship alone speaks volumes in this song. The percussion, the bass playing, the guitar work are all unbelievable. And I love the video. They're like just in this little studio. It's just the three of them, obviously, and they're just tearing it up.
0: Here is Ralph's number four off of The Ghost of the Machine. Clearly, it's every little thing she does is magic. No, no. No, no. That's a wimpy song compared to this. Oh, I mean, listen to that. Now listen to Demolition Man. Okay. Let's take a listen to- Compare it. Ralph's number four. It's Spirits in the Material World. Yeah, no, another good song, but very wimpy. Listen to that, oh-
1: I love music. <laughs> listen to it. All
0: right, let's listen to Demolition man. number 4 actually. Demolition man, let's listen. The situation was not I think people appreciate that song as number four. Good. They uh, probably hey, listen, have never here, heard it before. But it, there are obviously bigger hits. Too Much Information was so much better. That's a good song. No, it's not. I was kidding. No, no. <laughs> no it no, is. No, it's more of the threshold that I put on it that would be a top 12 song for the year for all bands, all songs, all everything. It's not necessarily that it wasn't one of the best 12 songs on the album because clearly it was because there was only 11 songs on the album. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number four is from a British band, too. It's one of the biggest British bands of all time. My number four is by the Rolling Stones. Mm. Off of their "Tattoo you, you album. Thank you, thank you. Start Me Up. Yeah. Which is the song very I had good. to go with. Very, very good choice. The chords in the beginning, uh, starting up the song, mixed vocals are great. I love the mean, mean machine part. You can't compete with Keith. It does those fills so well. And in 1977 on the Some Girls recording sessions, they had recorded this as a reggae song, but it didn't quite make the album. Mm. But they played it for a while and they took like live cuts and they did one version as a rock and roll song. And it worked. As they went through, but that was it. And they forgot about it. On the producer, as they were starting to go through some of their old stuff to see if there was something they wanted to put on the new album, the producer, Chris Kimsey, after they cut it, he says, that's pretty great. Come and listen. However, when I played it for Keith, Keith says, nah, it sounds like something I heard on the radio, Wipe It. <laughs> of course, I didn't wipe it. <laughs> it's cool how like songs progress, right? I mean, they sat on it for
1: four years, kind of recreated it, and then their number one hit in 81, right? Yeah, this is one of their top songs of yeah. all time. The evolution of songs—that's that, a—that's a fun story. Definitely, I think their best hit of the '80s. Start Me Up is a great rock and roll, great uh, Rolling Stones song. I'm glad you—I mean, this is—it was right there. This is definitely a good tune.
0: All right, let's listen to the actual number four song from 1981, <laughs> "Start Me Up" by the Rolling Stones, off of Tattoo You. <laughs> Yeah, good. By a good small song. Little
1: year. band called Rolling Stones. Yeah, no kidding. I could definitely hear the reggae overtones and how it slides into a rock and roll song. But the first time I ever listened to that song just now and thought, okay, you know what? I could see how it was kind of a reggae song. Tweak it a little bit, and now it becomes a huge rock and roll hit.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great. So my number three. We have to start matching here at some point. It was another Mutt Lang song. He produced this album. The band had just reduced the number of band members from six to four at the time of this release. Okay. Mick Jones also produced this album. Mick Jones from The Clash? Mick Jones from Foreigner. Ah! (laughs) And the name of the band is Foreigner. Okay. And the number of the album is four. Yes. And as a guitar player... There's really only one song that I could play. That Something m- about Hero? Yes. Good. Jukebox Good. Hero. Good for you. Is my number three. It puts a great story in front of you. Mick Jones said, in Cincinnati, we had gone to the arena for a sound check. It was pouring rain and there was a bunch of fans standing at the door when we went in. When we came back for the show later on, all that was left was one lonely fan. A young guy standing there in the rain, mm. soaked to the skin. I thought, well, he's been waiting there five hours. Maybe we'll take him in and give him a glimpse of what happens at the backstage of a show. And the kid was just mesmerized with everything. Of course he was. I saw this look in his eyes. I thought, he's seeing this for the first time. He's having this experience. I just imagined what was going through his mind. I had been toying with the title Jukebox Hero for a while. And that's pretty much how it originated, this guy. And it was number twenty only number twenty-six in the US. Mm. But it was such a huge song and such a staple of their show. Yeah. I love the bass and drum intro with the keys for emphasis before the guitar comes in. I really like that. And then when the guitar comes in, it's like thunder. I mean I remember the first time hearing that, I was just like, Oh my gosh, that is a thunder. awesome yeah.
1: sounding guitar.
0: Yeah. yeah. You can feel the emotion of that solo. Yeah. Once again, not technical, not you know, virtuosity or all that stuff. But the emotion, it's almost palpable that he, he gets in that. Yep. And I, I was lucky enough to see them at Magic Mountain. No, no, it wasn't at Magic Mountain.
1: <laughs> I think I told you about this on our last podcast. Oh, but, that was um, that
0: was the that was the five band thing. Right?
1: Scorpions, Iron Maiden, Lover Boy,
0: and Foreigner. But yeah, great band, great song, very good choice. All right, here's Jukebox Hero by Foreigner off their four album, and my number
2: three.
0: Okay, that's my number three. TFX Hero. Yeah. So, Ralph, what obscure song is number three for you? Yeah, listen, this is not
1: <laughs> an odd, obscure song. I'm going to go ballad on you. Yes, shocker. Ralph McKinley's going ballad here on you.
0: It's crazy. I don't know where I
1: am. <laughs> so, this song is on my list because about 10 to 12 years ago, I'm at a father daughter dance. This song comes on. And it's 30 years old at this point. And the entire place, kids, dads, are all singing the words to this song. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, this song.
0: Our lips are sealed by the Go-Go's. <laughs> no, it's not Our Lips Are Sealed by the Go-Go's. My guess is it took you on this large journey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you are correct.
1: Band out of the Bay Area journey. The album is Escape. The song is Don't Stop Believing. Look, I did not like this song in 81, but as I grew older, i come to appreciate this. And once again, I was in shock that my... At the time, she was about 10, 11 years old, and she's singing all the lyrics. I'm like, how do you know this song? Obviously, I had no idea that this song has just transformed. The other reason I love this song is possibly... One of the best TV shows sopranos. of all time. Sopranos. This is the closing scene, closing song for the Sopranos. Just a great opening. It's keyboards. Look, I'm with you, Rob. I'm a guitar guy, but this has just got hit song. From the time you hear the keyboards at, at the very opening of the
0: song, it's just got hit written all over This was it. written about the Sunset Strip, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was just one of these side things. You don't have this on your list. No, this is not my list. Wow. But, but it, is this top 15, 20 for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And as you said, The Sopranos, I'm a Jersey guy. Yep. I love The Sopranos because I saw places I knew. Yeah. I'm like, you know where that guy got whacked? I, <laughs> I know where that is. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. That's right around the corner. <laughs> oh, that's the quarter. Great. Uh, that's,
1: that's great. right on 17. I you know, know where that is. So the, this song came from Jonathan Kane, the, the keyboardist. As he was a struggling musician, he was talking to dad every once in a while on the phone. And he's like, dad, I haven't had a paycheck in a month or two. I'm not eating. I think I'm coming home. And dad would just say, don't stop believing.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that. That's so, cool. Just a, a iconic, iconic song. A good number three, by
0: the way. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, this is
1: good. We're being so nice to each other.
0: We are. No, well, if this is not... Bauhaus at number three, <laughs> which is what I was kind of expecting. Actually, uh. <laughs> let's listen to "Don't Stop Believing." Ralph's number three off of the Escape album by Journey.
2: I see
0: Okay, that's Ralph's number three, Don't Stop believing. by Journey. So, uh, Ralph, what is your number two? Number two, Rob, 1981 was
1: a beautiful year. It was. My first concert went with Alan Mesa. God bless his mom and dad drove us down to Long Beach Arena to go see a band called Rush. There we go. I knew it had to be. Probably Rush's biggest hit, I went with Tom Sawyer. Oh, you went with Tom Sawyer? Okay, yeah. good. Look it. Red Barchetta... And Tom Sawyer, I struggled with, but I went with Tom Sawyer. Good. This is where I fell in love with music. Wh- going to see Rush when I was 16 with me and my buddy, hanging out and seeing live music and and the blessing for it to be Rush. My first concert is amazing. Neil Peart, Alex Lifeson, and Geddy Lee are at their best on this album and the, the musicianship of these three guys. And just to watch Getty Lee live playing synthesizer with his feet, bass and, and singing. Crazy. It, it's, it's, it's beyond crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. What's this? this guy is just nuts.
0: But if you yeah. want to understand how good Neil Peart yeah, was, yeah. Unbelievable. Take drama. a listen. Unbelievable. To just focus when you listen, next time you listen to this track, this uh, Tom this, Sawyer, Tom Sawyer. Okay. Take your focus off of everything else. Yeah. Take your focus off Getty Lee playing with his feet. Take your, you know, in take your focus just on Peart. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's his playing is so masterful. And oh, and Getty Lee hated this track when he first recorded it, by the way. Really? Yeah. He, he thought it was the worst song on the album at the time. <laughs> and it's funny. He says, when we wrote it, we had no idea this would touch a nerve in the way it did. It's now it's the quintessential Rush yeah, song, exactly. And we talked about uh, Tom Sawyer a lot in episode twenty-eight. And the funniest thing, and I was gonna not even do it, but I figure what the heck. <laughs> when they played this song live later on, yeah, they got a cartoon show. Tom and Jerry? No. Okay, sorry. It's South Park. Oh. And South Park did an intro to the song. Okay. Before they would start playing it in concert. And I want to play that for you. Yeah. Okay. good i was like i don't want to ruin that again i mean i want people to watch the the uh, the podcast but the podcast has so much more than that if you like that sort of wackiness and in-depth view of rush i did it with alan campbell and alan is a bass player so you know he loves the heck out of rush you have to have a song off of that album i could i
1: could okay i, could. I
0: haven't said it's not that let's song. go so let's listen to <laughs> something off of moving pictures by this little band out of Canada called Rush. <laughs> uh Tom Sorry, let's go. You say Such a good song. I never want to stop listening to yeah. it, but we kind of have to. So
1: something from moving pictures is on your
0: number one or two. I have list. no idea. So <laughs> I'm not saying it's even on my list. But right now, uh, let's, let's go jump to my number two. Let's jump to my number two. Okay. Which is Rush. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Rush. It is Eddie Van Halen. Mm. Well, it's Van Halen off a of fair warning. And I'm still morning and I've been listening to Van Halen all week. Every song blows me away more and more and everything he touches is was amazing and uh, the world is so sad to miss him. Yeah. Uh, but that said... An iconic riff starts this song out with this big flanger. The verse is carried by the licks underneath. The chorus is amazing. The name of the song is Unchained. It's great. David Lee Roth is on yeah. on this track too. I thought you never missed me till I got a Fat City address. The solo is kind of a quick hitter, but it's really good. Uh, Dave's breakdown is, come on, Dave, give me a break. Hey, One hey, break hey. One break. Coming up. up. And the guitar fills underneath the outro, or just killer. Uh, this used to actually be called Hit the Ground Running. This is the working title of the song. The producer, Ted Templeman, is the guy who says, come on, Dave, give me a break.
1: Oh, he's actually recorded on, okay. Yeah, he's yep. the one
0: who actually did that. Yep. And he was playing with it, and it's great. Eddie plays uh, this about a half a step down, which is does his guitar kind of get that heavier yeah. sound, really. There was no singles released from the album. Really? Yeah, but the AOR stations picked up Unchained and played it. Yeah. So although it wasn't officially a single, it played it. Eddie said, I love this song. It's rare that I listen back to my own playing and get goosebumps. Mm. But that's one of them. Although Fair Warning is sort of a dark album. Yeah, it is a darker album. but We started mm. doing things my way and we all kind of butted heads, me versus them. I remember sneaking down in the studio at four in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. With Don and re-recording things the way I wanted them to be. The next day, I w- they walked in and say, hey, that's great. Why don't you do that? It was kind of a cheap thing to do, but I had to do something to get what I wanted. Mm. And this is Eddie talking. And it was a cheap thing. Yeah. it was. Michael Anthony said that Eddie was on a lot of pressure under this album. He used to stay up all night with the studio and the engineer because it was all on him. Yeah.
1: Because... Yeah. This yeah, is- I I read some articles, you know, with him just passing away. I mean, this, this album, that that band is just unbelievable. And it, it talked about obviously a Los Angeles band, a party band. Um and as the three members were going to parties after the concert, apparently Eddie would typically be alone in his hotel room writing music. I mean, he just Was never seen without his guitar, apparently. Like, you know, walking backstage at concerts, typically he had his guitar. The other members of the band are out partying. He's writing the music, and it shows. I'm listening to Van Halen heavily right now for obvious reasons, and it just blows me
0: away, his guitar work. And this is not the Pashara Podcast. You're a Van Halen fan. Episode 8, we talked about Van Halen. Yeah. And Episode 9, we talked about Van Hagar. And as a guitar player, I love this stuff. Let me ask
1: you this. Um, he's passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. They're, they haven't put out a lot of B-sides. It'll be interesting over the next five or six years. Was, there was
0: is there some B-sides out there that we're going to you know, hear now? The family is going through everything already in 5150. I heard it on oh, I was uh, hoping it was going to be earlier week. than
1: 5150,
0: but okay. No, 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 no. Fifty one fifty is the recording studio oh. that Eddie has in his house. Okay. Not the album fifty one fifty. But yeah. they he created this studio fifty one fifty. Yeah. Which is where the name of that album came from. Uh actually under when they did nineteen eighty four, yeah. Was when he did it. He has a studio there and uh he has all of these tapes that people just have to go through. So my guess is you were gonna get some sort of uh yeah, there's going to be some B sides and and I'm sure they're going to be unfinished songs. They're going to and be it's wonderful. Going to be it's going to be really good stuff. I hope they don't just put out some of his junk. Yeah, I know. So
1: yeah.
0: Anyway, let's listen to my number two, Unchained by Van Halen, off of Fair Warning. Eddie, we miss you, brother. So let's listen.
2: Hmm. <laughs>
0: Hard. And to, just to tell you a, a little bit about Eddie. I have a friend of mine who, I don't know if he's a friend anymore, but at a time we used to play together. A guitarist, a young kid. Probably, oh, he was probably like 18 when I was, we were just playing. Okay, I remember you telling me about this young man. He found a number for Eddie and he he was one of like five numbers. So he called them all and he finally got through. And he said that he jammed with him one night and that he wants to, he just wants to touch bass. So he finally gets Eddie on the phone through this thing. Yeah. And Eddie talks to him on the phone, this young kid, probably 17 at the time, for two hours. Yeah. And ends up being this kid's guitar teacher. Yeah. And he went and actually went over to the place and he got to know Eddie. And Eddie just taught him for little or no money yeah this isn't for money for eddie Eddie was just sharing it yeah and he learned from eddie van halen yeah and actually knew him and went with it and just the fact that he gives back here's this kid calling him just a a random random kid and he ends up talking to him and befriending him and taking him under his wing and he's a really good guitar player now but i think that eddie had a lot to do with that and just that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we can go on. We can make this an Eddie Van Halen podcast and uh, just so crushing. Yeah. Uh, and I know this is going to air for years and years and years. So uh, just remember, wherever you are listening to this, Eddie's awesome. But now that I get my number two, we're going to go to my number one. Okay. And it has to be from a little album called Moving Pictures. Yep. I know, I know and, the song. And or it's my favorite song by Rush. If you listen to the Rush podcast, it was my number one song then. Yeah, It's my number one song now. Yep, It's always been a favorite for me. The harmonics in the beginning. I love the lyric. Red bar- Barchetta. Yep. It should be Barchetta is the correct pronunciation. Kay. But Barchetta is how uh, Getty pronounces it. Uh, you know, the whole story about, you know, a futuristic song. Futuristic, where people can't drive fuel cars. Imagine a day like that mm. when we're gonna have some sort of electric cars that just drive us where we want to go. Come on, it's stop, crazy. Stop. It's what are crazy. you? What are you talking about? Right, but uh, <laughs> you never. It, it's so funny. You couldn't imagine this back when moving pictures was recorded. Yeah. But it's so funny how life is changing. Um, it's just the sound of the big guitar as it picks up. And you feel[s] the pulse of the character as he's getting excited through the prospect of driving. Uh, the feel-good driving all the way through. Kind of the starting engine sound. And so good. All of them play just phenomenally on this song. Uh, Alex Lifeson said it was intentionally, lyrically like a movie for me. I love the dynamics of it. The way it opens, the harmonics, the mood it creates. And then it gets into the driving right up to the middle section where it's screaming along where you feel like you're in an open car and the music very vibrant and moving and then it ends as it began with that quiet dynamic and letting you down lightly it's one of the most iconic songs one of the best yeah. i think it's the best song that rush has ever done and i think it's the best song clearly on moving pictures one of the best albums of all time yeah. by any artist yeah. I, so I, I can't I disagree.
1: I went moving pictures, Tom Sawyer, but I literally had to flip a coin between Red Barchetta yeah. and and Tom Sawyer. I mean, wind in my hair.
0: Well, it was good that you went that way, so we got to yeah, hear too. Exactly. All right, let's listen to Red Barchetta by Rush. The best song of 1981. <laughs> So yeah. Good. Yeah. It it's awesome. it kind of makes me hope and I know that this probably isn't the way it works. But that Neil Peart mm-hmm. and Eddie Van Halen are somehow jamming mm. in heaven right now. Could you imagine? Okay, Ralph, we're down to uh, one X marks the spot. Number one pick yep. for Ralph. Yep. It's an
1: album we've talked about, Rob. You can kind of tell from my somber uh voice here. Okay. Uh fair warning. Wow. So now and look at two songs on here were battling just like moving pictures. There's two songs on fair warning.
0: There's a lot of songs on there fair there are. What, what, what where, do you, where do you think I went? Main Street is where I think you went. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the first song on the yeah, album. Because it's
1: the <laughs> first song on the album.
0: I, I had no idea about this first song
1: until you mentioned that about a, an hour ago. But yes, the first song on the album, the opening lick of Eddie just doing his thing on the guitar, where his tapping technique, and then just going into an unbelievable. I'm I, I'm putting this top three van halen songs obviously my number one song for 81 but within van halen's family uh top three uh a song interestingly enough this song had another working title as they were uh, putting it together called voodoo queen had completely different lyrics and then the lyrics changed obviously and then eddie kind of tweaked his guitar work as um as as the lyrics came together and they came down with main street. So look there's not a whole lot uh, more that can be said about uh Eddie Van Halen's uh guitar work. This song is all about the guitar work, right? The, the the tapping from the very beginning, uh great guitar work to to start the song right after the uh the uh intro of of the uh, uh tapping and and then david lee roth is at his best on this song and then that the you know you know what i've learned to love more and more on top of eddie's guitar work is the background vocals for van halen are awesome you know there's i don't know who's doing them is it the bass player michael anthony and and, and, michael anthony yeah i mean they're they're Excellent. The back and the background vocals here are great, and then obviously about three quarters of the way through this song, Mean Street, you know, they kind of bring all the instruments down. Dave has his little fun telling a story, kind of walking through it, and then right after that part where the music comes down and David tells his little story, the guitar just kicks in again, and and towards the end of this song, the last uh, ninety seconds, I mean, Eddie's just.
0: Tearing it up again. Eddie is like, you know, how do you do that? That sort of thing. It's yeah. just, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he was inspired actually a lot on the intro, was inspired by uh, slap funk bass. He heard somebody play slap funk bass. Okay, I heard about that. Yeah. And he started yeah. tapping on like the 12th fret and yeah. low E and just started playing. And it, you know, he kept his left hand by the nut and he just started playing. And it was, it was kind of neat how he came up with that. And he, he just takes inspiration. He was that sort of guy. So let's listen to Mean Street off of one of the best Van Halen albums, period. Yeah, I agree. Fair warning. Ralph's number one, surprisingly. Just so you guys know, uh, I'm going to go and uh, keep that little intro part. I'm going to throw that in because it just reminds me of Eddie and what a kind of (sighs) virtuoso he was. And, And then we'll play a second clip. I normally don't do two clips but I think this one needs to let's just go and listen to the chorus of of the song too so you can kind of hear that Hey, and we're done. Good job, man. That was good. That was good. And so we connected on zero songs. Zero songs, but we, three uh, three albums, right? Yeah, well, a bunch of albums, so
1: it's. Which is good for the people. That means we give them 26 songs to uh, think about. Let's just
0: go through our 12 and remind everybody uh, what our 12 was. I'll start and you can follow. Go ahead. Thank you. All right. So I will start with my song of note, which is There's Only One Way to Rock by Sammy Hagar off the Standing Hampton album. My number 12 is Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. I'm going to skip the albums from now on. Number 11 is Super Freak by Rick James. Number 10 is Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Number nine is A Country Boy Can't Survive by Hank Williams Jr. Number eight is Down Under by Men at Work. Number seven, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You by ACDC. Number six, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Number five, Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. Number four, Start Me Up by The Rolling Stones. Number three, Jukebox Hero by Foreigner. Number two, Unchained by Van Halen. And number one, Red Barchetta by Rush. Good list. Except for Springfield in there.
1: Otherwise, uh, you you did excellent. Okay. Uh, My Song of Note by Bauhaus, Kick in the Eye. Number 12, Kim Wilde, Kids in America. Number 11, Motley Crue, Live Wire. Then I go to number 10, Rick James, Give It To Me Baby. Number 9, Human League, Don't You Want Me Baby. Number 8, Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty uh, doing Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Number 7, Iron Maiden, Rothschild. Number 6, Def Leppard, Let It Go. Number 5, Oingo Boingo, Only a Lad." number four the police demolition man number three journey don't stop believing number two rush tom sawyer and then number one van halen from the album fair warning mean street rest in peace
0: eddie there we go this was fun and as i said we we hit a lot of the same albums We didn't actually hit one that we matched I know. Which is kind of crazy. But knowing your selections, I kind of (laughs) understand that. It really wasn't as crazy as it could have been. Yeah. As
1: usual, a lot of fun, Rob. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's been a blast. And thank everybody who's been active on our Facebook stuff. We've been doing a lot of polls and voting for next season. And it's been fantastic. In fact, after we're done with this, in a ha- probably about a half hour after this is done, I'm gonna take the final poll for uh, the arena band that we're gonna be covering next season. Next season we're gonna do a standard 12 song, a uh, 12 band okay. set. And then we may do something else on the back end of it in the second season. We've been doing this for, we've already passed uh, a couple episodes ago. We didn't really count it uh, over two years doing this two and years we're, and now. we're on our third year wow right now and it's been good and this is episode what is this 42 43 43 so we're moving along and I really appreciate everybody who's come to this the first time listen to some of them look at the numbers seeing what's good and pop back seeing what you like really and listen and also we're gonna do uh, at the end of this whole 80s thing. We're going to do a wrap-up show, and we're going to have each of the co-hosts come to the table with their best songs of the 80s, Mm. or their favorite songs of the 80s, regardless of if they chose it or not, Mm -hmm. over all the years. I'm going to take the top six songs from every one of us for every year. So there'll be 12 for every year, kind of, in theory, even though sometimes there's doubles. Uh, And we'll choose from that. Okay. Cool sounds and fun. So, that'll be fun and everybody's going to contribute on the last one and Jake and I will kind of MC that and everybody'll just send their files in and it'll be kind of fun. And then you'll get to kind of vote on which co-host most fits you. And it's kind of interesting to see that. So, uh anyway. Uh oh, you are putting the co-hosts up, up against each other? Well, no, it's kind of it's it's not it's not really up against each other. It's kind of interesting to see Cause I've heard like people say, you know, that's me. That guy's me. Yeah. I, he fits me perfectly. And I, I'm like, wow, well maybe, you know, and I hope I don't come in last. Yeah. No, no kidding. <laughs> but, uh, if I do, so be it. Uh, I love you guys. I really appreciate everybody chatting on Facebook and getting involved. And, uh, we just want to put the best podcast together we possibly can for everybody. And we want you to be heard. And, you know, if you guys want to participate, you might want to send us an audio file of you guys talking about a song you love about a band we're covering, please do that. We will definitely play it. Uh, love you guys. And I'm so impressed by the people involved in the community. And I'm so beyond words of people taking the time and carrying the vote and just being involved. And we love you guys. And we will see you in two weeks with nineteen eighty finishing off the eighties. Mm. And then we will do two weeks after that, we will do our wrap up for the eighties and kind of get everybody involved. It's gonna be fun. This is just gonna be a fun end of the year for this season. I can't so, wait for twenty twenty to be over, Rob. I know, and then we're gonna be hitting <laughs> the bands and we got some good bands already coming. So uh anyway. God bless. I'll see you soon.